After taking a little bit of a hiatus between stressing about the US elections and stupidly breaking my laptop, it's really nice to finally come back and say hi everyone and welcome to It's Only Sex Mom, a podcast where we talk about the science, anthropology, sociology, and psychology of sex. Once again, I'd like to say that I'm not an expert in the topics that I discuss, though I do extensive research to make sure I'm as accurate as possible. We're keeping the ball rolling here in our virginity series, and today we're going to talk about virginity as a fetish. I'll be talking about the different aspects of society that profit off from marketing purity and how pressures we see put on women in everyday life ends up translating into our sex lives. If we're going to talk about fetishes, we need to start with the industry that's an amalgamation of all of our desires, and that is porn. There are endless amounts of categories, but the teen section on porn sites is the one most watched. Now, before you switch this off because I'm on a mission to bring porn down, that's far from the truth. Some will say that porn is ruining society, but I believe it's the other way around. So with that said, let me go ahead and talk about the teen genre of porn as a microcosm of what we need to change in society as a whole. The virginity porn industry is constantly growing and is worth a whole lot of money. There are entire websites dedicated to virginity slash teen porn. Most of the girls exude the same kind of image that they gave Britney Spears in the 90s. They are all young, white girls who have some sort of school paraphernalia and or are expected to wear the same doe-eyed naive persona to play off of her usually much older partner's clear sexual experience. Just as a quick exercise, I went on Pornhub, which I'm going to say is 100% just for research. I didn't even leave the homepage to find the section that is the most viewed videos in the U.S., Three out of the four videos that were featured had the emphasis on the word teen, two of them being schoolgirl videos and the other being a stepdaughter, stepdad situation. The teen category was also the fourth most popular one in their list, which featured over 200,000 videos compared to mature videos that had one-tenth of that number. Aside from the free porn websites, there are entire websites that are dedicated to the pure image. One of the sites that comes to mind is barely legal. The scenarios in the videos include white young girls who sported what they deemed was their trademark white underwear. Can anyone say ham-fisted purity symbolism? Even beyond that one website, when you watch teen slash virgin videos, the actresses are all the same sort of body type that harkens back to an early pubescent girl with not a single wrinkle or stretch mark and only a whisper of hair and makeup. First, I guess we must ask ourselves what makes a virgin so sexy that it is one of the most popular themes in erotica. Coming from a straight woman's perspective, I would much prefer a man who knows what he's doing. And, according to my straight guy friend, he appreciates a girl who is experienced because she knows what she wants and can help him perform better. Obviously, what is appealing must be some sort of air that the person, predominantly a girl, gives off because none of us have a spidey sense that automatically tells us who is a virgin and who's not. This character of the virgin that society creates tends to represent an innocence and delicacy that seems to be appealing to people. 
Like many erotic novels throughout the years, and even in today's erotic novels, I'm looking at you, Fifty Shades, there's an inhuman idea of an airheaded, completely naive, and fragile girl. I feel like past a certain decade, people stop being ignorant about sex even if they haven't experienced it themselves. Even if the information you heard from your peers in high school was completely inaccurate, and let's be honest, it totally was, you still had a sense of what sex was. The general media, the place where everyday people get their information, has had a large part to do with solidifying this image of the erotic virgin. From what I can recall, the peak of the innocence fetish as a mass-produced image was in the 90s. I'm an old lady at heart, so I was never really into pop music growing up, but images that were exhibited definitely reached me. After all, I did not live under a rock. I remember a lot of my girlfriends would hire Britney Spears lookalikes to perform at birthday parties, something I now realize was just something kids did in my hometown. I learned the words to the songs through those performances and learned Britney's iconic looks. I grew up at a time when she was still in her teens and early 20s and hadn't gone through her emotional breakdown in all of its hair-shaving glory. A big part of her image was the doe-eyed and pigtail-touting look. I remember people talking about her relationship with Justin Timberlake, how they had vowed to stay pure until marriage, something we now know was just for show. But at the same time, her outfits were always tight and her belly was almost always exposed. Across the pond, we had the Spice Girls. The fact that there was even a baby Spice is an indication of our society's sexualization of the pure white girl. Don't get me wrong, I'm not here to chastise any artist because it's just a representation of the state of the world that we were, and are, living in. And when you're in it, that image and that way of thinking was and still is normal. The fact that 90s fashion is coming back with a vengeance shows how the childlike butterfly clip and pom-pom hair accessories matched with the plaid miniskirts and knee-high socks were all the rage back in the day. I still don't feel old enough for my childhood to already be a throwback, but I digress. Women do often have a fantasy of being the older, more experienced one in sexual relationships, but if we compare it to the opposite gender roles, the image is very different. The examples of movies depicting a relationship between an older woman and a younger guy that I can recall are Harold and Maude, The Piano Teacher, and The Boy Next Door. Don't judge me for watching that last one. I love the podcast, How Did This Get Made, and thought it would be a good movie to get some laughs from. Though there's a large age difference, none of the guys in those movies were younger than 19. If we look at stories where the roles are reversed, the number one story that comes to mind is Lolita. Can we talk about the fact that the story is about a middle-aged man trying to seduce a 12-year-old girl? Truthfully, both film adaptations are stunning, but the nuance of the book is lost in them. A lot of people consider those movies to be erotic, forgetting that the entire point of the book is to question your own opinions of Humbert's actions because he's so great at enticing you in his horrible decisions. There are other lesser-known movies that feature a middle-aged man and a teen girl, all of which are set in a romantic scenario. Take the movies Splash and the Fifth Element. Both feature women who are extremely attractive, but come from a supernatural world that makes them completely naive to our own. Their respective love interests are the first and only men they have extended contact with, so even though they probably aren't the most desirable, the female lead can't help but fall in love with them. 
It's a man's ultimate fantasy of being the first and only man to possess them. They say that sex sells, but in the end, the lack thereof also does. The idea of an innocent girl has become synonymous with sex symbols. I'll have an entire episode talking about the evangelical church and how they definitely have a hand in the sexualization of purity, but it's a vast subject and I don't want to open that can of worms on this one. I think this plays into the dichotomy that women are put into, the nun or the whore. The same way that most people can classify themselves as dom or sub, top or bottom, they can also classify themselves as corruptor or corruptee. Either men feel that they are contained and need the whore to bring out his inner animal, or they feel like the animal who wants to corrupt the innocent. Many stories dating back centuries have portrayed the virgin as Pandora's box that needs a key, aka a man's penis, to unlock it. After she is penetrated, all of a sudden she turns into a nymphomaniac. It's the most impactful form of influence that we see in a sexual fantasy. Men, I'm sure, want to be the one who unleash the wolf within the lamb, that is, the virgin girl. And sexually frustrated women want to imagine someone who can unleash that tigress within her. On top of the pride of ownership of a girl's chastity, men start to fantasize about the devotion that supposedly comes from a girl losing her virginity to him. Freud was the first to claim this bondage in his article, The Taboo of Virginity. He claimed that due to the fact that as a society we pride ourselves in monogamy, that women are conditioned to automatically attach the first man to take her maidenhood. This mainly occurs in men if his masculinity has been compromised by his female partner. We'll ignore the fact that I'm sure in his day and age, many women only attached their first sexual partner because they were able to penetrate their heart more than their hymens to be able to get laid. There were so many times in my pubescent years that I heard guys talk about not wanting to sleep with a virgin because he didn't want her to get too attached. But I'm sure that many men are so attracted to this blind devotion that they seek out this dream of being with a virgin. To add to this devotion, the pressure that is put on girls to couple up and to look a certain way creates the habit of girls wanting to constantly please. There is a standard of beauty and thinness that is put on us girls. We're constantly bombarded by comments like, you should put on more makeup or else no boy is going to like you, or some similar nonsense phrase. If there is a pressure on us to attract men constantly, then the conclusion is that we will do anything in our power to still be desired. There are instances where the need to obtain a woman's purity is taken to an extreme in the real world. In my first episode, I talked about an English student who put her virginity up for auction on eBay. As much as I'd like to say that she was the first and only girl to do that, there are so many women all over the world who put their virginity up for sale for the highest bidder. Virginity auctions are the perfect storm of men's display of power and the purity fetish. Not only are these men displaying power through putting down obscene amounts of money to buy a part of a woman, sometimes as much as $1.5 million dollars, but also the fact that he has the upper hand being the more sexually experienced one between the two parties. I hate to keep bringing up double standards, I'm sure it's getting pretty annoying, but the reality is they exist, and we all need to talk about them even if we start sounding like broken records. We all know that there is a higher standard for the number of sexual partners a woman has. Men are encouraged to sleep around, whereas women are expected to control themselves. Men who bid on virgins can take pride in the fact that he is guaranteed to be her first. 
Society puts a figurative cost on a girl's sexual history, and these men are willing to put a literal cost to it. After all, there are no options for well-worn women on the internet. Men pay a lot less for that. These men also pay for youth, which society says is one of the most important things for a woman to be. Women are taught that they always need to look young and fit, so the media industry is just pump out newer, younger girls once they deem that older women are no longer relevant. Take, for instance, any woman's experience in the acting world. There's mainly roles for women up to the age of 35, and then the opportunity dwindles. We can also take a look at the volatile influence of the fashion industry. The average age of a fashion model starting in the business is 16 to 18. In fact, there are many modeling agencies that specify that they will not accept women above the age of 21. I don't know about you guys, but now I have to really think about certain ads in magazines who show girls in revealing clothes or compromising situations and realize that the model they hired could be as young as 13. We're so obsessed with female youth that not even our sex organs can change. I talked about women going to the surgeon to get a hymenoplasty performed, and a lot of the time women will get a two-for-one deal where not only will she get her hymen back, but she will also undergo vaginal rejuvenation. This can be a lot of different types of work done. Labia trim, vaginal tightening, even lip liposuction. You know how men react viscerally to seeing other guys getting hit in the dick? That's how I felt reading about the liposuction. These procedures are less so for the woman's pleasure and more so for the women's partners. After all, when men get heated and start to get into their dirty talk, the phrases tight or little pussy usually gets mixed into the bag. The disturbing part of those surgeries is that the plastic surgeons claim they can make women's sex lives better. But, in fact, a lot of the time it can lead to very serious sexual dysfunction. Many women ultimately regret their decisions to tighten their vaginas because it ends up causing an inordinate amount of pain. There's no scientific evidence that states that tightening your vagina surgically can actually lead to more pleasurable sex. I would recommend doing your Kegel exercises. Those are actually proven to improve your sex life. So to recap. The sexualization of purity is found on our beauty standards, men's desire for devotion and sexual possession, and the idealization of white girls' innocence. I'm not going to lie that while I was doing research and writing this episode, I did feel a little skeeved out. That being said, I'm not one to kink shame. Everyone has a right to let their freak flag fly, but we all need to be careful at creating a mainstream sex culture that starts to seep into our everyday lives. It can become damaging if we let it take over our society as a whole. Thank you guys for joining me again. Stay tuned for the next episode in the Virginity series. For the books and other sources I use during my research, go ahead and check out iosmpodcast.com. I appreciate you coming along with me on this ride of knowledge, and remember, the start of healthy sex is learning about it. See you guys in the next one.